Welcome to Everything True Detective, our podcast on HBO's True Detective. My name is Justin Blizzard. I'm here with Keith Krepko, and let's get this over with. (laughs) (laughs) As fast as we can. We watched episode five called Other Lives. What did you think of the episode? I mean, what... What can you say about episode five? Um, other lives? Other lives. Yeah. It almost forced me into my other life. <laughs> my afterlife. <laughs> it almost put me into a coma. <laughs> this this show, this episode, talk about crystallization. Yeah. Like last week. I mean, I I stand by I stand by the fact that I do not hate watch this show. Because I don't enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this episode, I'm trying to think, I think my enjoyment flatlined. I don't think, I only even got one beat. I thought the first half was really boring. And I felt like it started to pick up towards the end um, with, maybe with the interrogation of the psychologist who was played by Rick Springfield, which I had no idea. Mm-hmm. The singer, right? Um, he, he look because he looks right. He looks crazy. Horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that happens, and then I don't even remember what happens well, after that. Well, and I mean, the the big reveals of this episode, right? Are like talk about telegraphed. Like again, it makes me go back to Paul and be like, I think that he that Pizzolatto feels like. This is a well hidden secret of Paul's. Like, what is he? Like, mm-hmm. only last episode did he really tip his hand. But I feel like, you know, he thinks he's being subtle mm-hmm. in a few ways where Vince Vaughn gave him the wrong person to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh. Right? right. Like, then to have that be like a big reveal is like, come, come on. Like, yeah. That didn't bother you at all? That the big reveal of the episode is like you killed the wrong man? Mm, No. I mean, what bothered me more, what bothers me more about it is I don't know why any of these detectives are working on this case at all. After being suspended? None of them seem interested in it. None of them seem to care about being police really at all. Well, now now we're 66 days after the shootout, right. which I thought it was hilarious in, in our house when we watched this. Uh, my wife, it started, she goes, oh, you know, why don't more shows do this? Pick up right where the last one mm-hmm. left off and like tell one kind of coherent, you know, uh, story and condense a day or something. And it's like literally that that was for five seconds yeah. and then. Time jump 66 days. Well, and I was like, oh, yeah. There is no way. The reason they did that, I don't know why they did that. There is no way because they address it in the episode is like this big shootout happens and then and they just blamed it on this thing and it went away. There is no way if a shootout happened in a major metropolitan city in America where dozens of civilians were were gunned down, that it would just go away. There is no way that would happen. (laughs) That was such like a cop-out, like, we're going 66 days in the future because we wanted to do the shootout, and we 
wanted to deal with literally none of the ramifications of it. Right, right. It's like Superman punching a villain through a bunch of right. buildings. Then flash forward three years, the buildings are back, and everyone's right. like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've had more children. We've built yeah. back the population that you killed. But one thing that I thought the first season did a really good job of is it conveyed this idea or this feeling that Rust and Marty really, especially Rust, really cared about the case he was dealing with and was really concerned with, you know, sort of outing the bad guys, which made sense for him to then continue to work on this case for years and when he's told not to. But now we have three detectives who seem completely uninterested in being police and doing any sort of police work. They just don't seem to care at all about any of it. And it's just as like, I think part of that has led to me just not paying attention yeah. to the central mystery at all. Well, well, and I'm sorry, I cut you off. But well, and the other part just makes me like, it just makes me question why they're doing this. You don't put as much stock in this, but I, I now put full stock in Carrie Fukunaga had a huge impact on season one. Maybe, maybe has proven to be the glue yeah. that held that season together. And one reason is because he gave us visuals that matched the, the the tone of the content. So Matthew McConaughey isn't just haunted by the ideas or the case. He's haunted by the images, mm-hmm. right? Which is another reason why I love the idea of the hallucinations he sees. He is a man who's haunted by this case in every way that you can be haunted by it. Whereas these guys are, like you said, they're, disassociated from some of the core of the case because they themselves are so kind of dead mm-hmm. inside. Right. So, you know, it's like to get their heart beating, like a, their Grinch heart to grow again, mm-hmm. you need a, a, a really compelling case. And this did not provide that compelling case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still don't, fully know or care about the the overarching mystery and for annie she's she's focused on this girl who's gone Mm -hmm. missing Mm -hmm. who we haven't heard from in four episodes from you know the first episode pretty much right and then then it shows back up here and then shows back up but the one thing that seems to be linking both uh investigations because now Frank is looking for him, right? And now the cops are, is the hard drive. The hard drive. The hard drive with home movies on it. Home movies that I think are more, they gotta be tied into the first season, right? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be. Yeah. So that's interesting, at least. I mean, I think if anything, that's what's going to keep me right curious to keep watching. Like, is he actually going to try and tie this into the first season? Is this going to end up being about this network of five ultra powerful child molesters i guess right mm-hmm. who are control everything and have this he seems to pizzolato seems to have a real fascination with powerful men with you know secret sexual deviances, deviances right yeah. so you know i'm at least still interested to see if those tie into each other yeah, I, I honestly, I again, I I think that's a great idea. I don't know if he's the the writer to actually 
had a fourth. It could just be like a storytelling trope where yeah. he also loves using home movies. And right. It would mysteries. seem really boneheaded to not tie them together. It, it would seem like re- it just would be totally bizarre to mm-hmm. use that same central like trope in the last in two episodes. All of a sudden this tape shows up with like this horrible footage on it. Right. But them to be completely unrelated. Right, right. And then never actually make an overt connection right. to anything else. But at the same time, that's to me, that's what he did with the first season. Because the way the first season ends, it, it doesn't tie anything. hardly anything together. Yeah. yeah. So we could very well be heading down that road. Yeah. I would, I would love, well, I mean, what if it's a long game where like season five is the tie in? What if he's making the at this Marvel, pace, he's not going to make it to season five. What if he's making the Marvel universe of True Detective, <laughs> of sexual perverts, <laughs> sexual perverts, and episode season five is going to be his Avengers United, <laughs> right. where he just brings Rust and everyone together right. on the yeah. meeting of the minds. There you go. Um, so I watch every episode twice. Oof. Unfortunately for me, this season. I have seen the counseling scene in the beginning with Annie two times, and I still have no idea what she was trying to do. At work? No. The work sexual harassment? Right, right, right. So I got, I read on Reddit, it must have been, where someone was like, oh, she was trying to troll the sarcastically show this mediator like, you say I'm safe in here, but I can't actually be safe in here. Right. Is that what you got from the scene? Yeah, yeah. I got that, that she is trying to further evidence for him mm-hmm. the true nature of these guys that he's, mm-hmm. quote unquote, working with. Mm-hmm. Right. That these guys who will never learn their lesson because they're animals. They're yeah. base animals. So all she has to do is start talking about sexual imagery and they literally and they can't control like themselves cartoon characters yeah basically. yeah they're, like they're, they're one of the guys is literally like howling right. like slapping, a, his, slapping knee. his knee yeah, and, like, I was howling. expecting to see like jim carrey sitting in the background exactly and, like his exactly. eyes bugging out right? bugging out exactly <laughs> and so i think that was like that was the that was the point but i have to say the the view the the way they ended the scene they transitioned out of it mm-hmm. was on annie's face and she doesn't look either triumphant. That's or what I'm like, saying. Yeah, that, it's that's so tone deaf and like it's so poorly written and acted that I just I was I both times I was like, what was the point of this? Right. You you'd think like she'd give like an eyebrow raise to the guy, right. like see, or like, but she just kind of looks like she's been reprimanded. Right. <laughs> like she's kind of like head down, face right. blank, I'm and saying. that all. But that also and that also happens with the. Uh, what was the scene we were talking about earlier where it's like, I think it's Vince Vaughn and his wife are having such a boring conversation that they have to cut away from it to a different scene. And you're thinking like, oh, good, that boring conversation is over. But instead they come back to it. And he just was like, like, yeah, we know this scene is boring. We're going to give you this, but we do have to come back to it. This is actually going to tie it back in, and we know we know it's right. it's rough. And isn't the th- the scene they give you the is the the, the, the dinner one scene the, what's where, the where dinner Paul's scene? eating dinner? Okay, with his oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Ugh, and we get to see again, like 
you know, we see him pouring, secretly pouring a bunch of booze into his drink. And the scene ends with him like chugging, chugging his iced tea or whatever he's yeah, drinking. With the alcohol. And I was like, <laughs> really, this is the this is the level of commentary right. that we're working on. And that's how I feel with with all of this. Like we are not trusted to get anything yeah. out of out of the storytelling other than what Nick Pizzolatto is telling us to get out of it repeatedly. Yeah. And there's a scene that actually I can't fully remember, but I, I remember watching him being like, that's the, I get that. Like why all of a sudden I think he involved Annie. Why all of a sudden is Annie in here? Like telling us exactly like what to think and feel about mm. it. Because I, I, I'm smart enough to understand what you're, what you're trying to do with this scene, mm-hmm. but he's just constantly going back to like, Going back to that boring conversation where Frank's wife is like, that boy was you that you don't want to adopt. <laughs> and I'm like banging my head into a pillow like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we get it. And then mm. he even references like, no watermarks here. <laughs> I like it here. You know? And you're like, good Lord. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And I wanted, we we went out of sequence but that's what we do here mm-hmm. but i want to touch on unless this isn't the right time our reviews or at least one of the reviews yeah we'll talk about that at, at the, the end, end? Okay. i think we're almost at the end this is going to be a short episode just because until something actually happens in the show right it's like there's not much to talk about yeah really so so really quick 66 days later um Frank is still a gangster on the rise. He doesn't like the word gangster. He's now rethinking adoption and reconnecting with his wife because he doesn't want to give himself over to rebuilding his empire, maybe perhaps. Mm. But he still wants to maybe find this hard drive and and get his money back. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have Paul, who 66 days later is still living this lie, um, who has a really over the top interaction with his mom that scene was horrible that was that was nightmarish yeah. and where they're both going at each other and then of course at the end she's sorry for it's like you've just said the most horrific thing you can now you're like paul paul polly polly yeah. i'm sorry polly you know like you, you you have one of those scenes great yeah um you have annie who can't let it go um, and isn't getting what she needs out of her sexual harassment training, um, who is learning to come to terms with the men that she's spurned in her past, her mm-hmm. partner and her trying to build. Oh, and she's rebuilding bridges with her sister, which, mm-hmm. which again, I'm like, you started at, again, everything's a 10. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm cool with my sister. Yeah. And look, my sister's going to school. My sister, you know, it's like, these characters are just like whatever he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. She's kind of into porn and Annie can't stand her and she hates her dad. Now she's walking on the beach with her mm-hmm. sister and they're connecting. And, and she's, she's trying to basically get into like an eyes wide shut party. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to get into an eyes wide shut party and, it, and also have a touching scene with her, with her sister at the same uh-huh. time. <laughs> um, and then uh, you have Ray who's now working muscle for Frank um, or collections. He's doing as nicely as he can, it seems. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's reluctantly 
back in because if you can get my son mm-hmm. uh, and and finds out that Frank set him up. Oh, that's the scene. Here's the scene I want to rail on a little bit where uh, I was going to say Frank, where Ray connects with his wife again and his wife says, that's the moment that ruined you. That's the moment that ruined us. Why did you lie about that? That's the moment. that, And you're like, we know that's the moment. Uh-huh. We know you when the the bar was lit red, uh-huh. it was like he was going to hell. It was like he was making a deal with the devil. Right. His life fell apart. We get it. The images, we got that. Mm-hmm. Now, to at the end, have him have a scene where basically his wife, Ray doesn't say anything except to mumble at the end, Frank set me up. And she's like, <laughs> and I love her response. She's like, I don't know what that means. And she's like, leaves. And Ray's just left like not explaining uh-huh. it and just whatever. Right? But that was a whole scene of basically her saying, hey, that moment that you just found out about, that ruined you and that ruined me yeah. and that ruined us. Yeah. That was just, in, like, that was insane. My favorite moment between them two in the episode was when they're going over the terms of the divorce or if she's asking for, like, paternity tests, drug tests and all that, and she screams something at him. <laughs> I can't remember now. And his response is basically like, what did I do? <laughs> it was just like, what? I mean, you do know like where you're at and why you're here, right? You know, this is divorce <laughs> proceedings. <Right. laughs> oh, man. She's trying and, to disso- dissolve your marriage. Right. And then he's like, as she's walking out, he's like, she never looked at me like that before. Like, she hated me. And it, right. it was just, again, it's just kind of like, you know where you are, right? Like... <laughs> You're in like the final stages of a divorce, right? There's plenty of times when she's looked at you like she's hated you. This right. is not the first. This is not when she confronted you about beating up that guy that <laughs> for whatever reason you never got called out on. Right. You know, um, the, I saw some hate in her eyes there. Yeah, yeah. she never looked at me like that. Right. I, I want to see through his eyes. This is just because now he's <laughs> semi sober. Right. That he's, he's like, Ray, you never really got a good look at your wife. You're too drunk all the time. Yeah. Okay, this is um, just something that has started bothering me since I started looking up. Because now all of these names are getting thrown around, and I don't know who most of them are. Like uh, Dixon. I didn't realize mm-hmm. Dixon was the partner. Uh, so C.S. Lee is in this series. He's the um, Korean mm-hmm. actor who plays mm-hmm. Masuka on Dexter. Can you tell me what his character's name is? I know he's running for district attorney. He's or? running for mayor. Oh, he's running for mayor. He is the district attorney, right? Right. So district attorney. Masuka. So the <laughs> Korean actor's name in this series is Richard Geldof. It's like I kept hearing this name thrown around, Richard Geldof, and I kept thinking about like old, balding, like white-haired guy, and then it's like, oh no, it's this Korean guy whose name is Richard Geldof. Like, what kind of name is that? I'm not trying to be like stereotypical or whatever, but that is in no way a Korean name. He was adopted. (laughs) I guess so, maybe. The further revelations, I guess yeah. that can be a prediction. Yeah, there. Write that down. That's my. It will come out. That'll be the season finale, where Ray is gut shot, dying, right. and he finds out that the 
now governor <laughs> is adopted. <laughs> okay, so speaking of which, the last thing I'll ask you, who lives and who dies by the end of the season? Oh. We've I think got you three episodes I, left. I think you and I will be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I imagine when the credits rolled, there'd just be a skeleton <laughs> where I used to be sitting on my couch. Uh-huh. Um you know, I'm gonna say so season one, famously no one dies. I and I thought for sure Rust would be dead. Right. So And by all accounts he should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so this season I think Pizzolato answers his critics and says, You you don't think I can kill a character that I created and love? Uh-huh. I'm gonna kill Ray. Ray's dead. Paul lit, continues to live his tortured right. existence. Annie has a brush with death. Okay. Rust cold. Do you style. think that happens in this upcoming episode when she goes to the eyes wide shut? Maybe party. I, you know, I imagine that it's that's going to be another cliche of Ray coming to her rescue and. You know, now that they trust each other, uh-huh. he ends up saving her. Is it like? But he uh, dies in the process. Is it like um, what's her name in the wire, where she goes undercover, she gets all shot up, mm-hmm. and everyone's broken up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's in a coma. You don't know if she's going to live or die. Yeah, see, I think that's how it's going to play out. But given my running theory of Pizzolatto through this season. It, it, that's not cliche enough. It has to be cliched where Frank, not Frank, where Ray is literally like <laughs> shielding her or carrying her out mm-hmm. or pushing her boat out on the ocean as he. Yeah, she has been on his up. mind. Yeah. Right? Remember that? Where yeah. he says, like, I, I didn't realize how much I was thinking about you or something like that. Right. And she, there's a lot of reactions in this episode where she's like what what did he just say right like the blue balls of the heart one right it's like blue balls in your heart yeah and even okay. uh colin farrell just like huh right. right um frank dies oh i didn't even get to frank frank dies sure i say frank dies paul is already dead emotionally he's dead inside he doesn't need to die physically uh Annie lives, Ray. See, this is where I'm thrown because I would have said for sure during first season, Russ dies. Right. And I'm feeling like Ray dies. Yeah, Ray's in that that Rust position, which is why I think given the way that he's been responding to his critics in this, he kills Ray. Potentially. Okay, so that's all we've got for uh, episode five. Before we go, we got. I was gonna. I, I was just gonna ask, but but we all already kind of spoiled it. But um, really quick, just to tie tie this in with our other episodes, too gratuitous, not gratuitous oh, okay. enough, or just right. Blue balls of the heart was going to be my submission. Do you have a, a a better one? I'll go with. Uh, Dr. Pitlore pulling the teeth out of his mouth oh, as he's speaking. Okay, yeah, let, let, let's do that. So so what, what's your take on that? I would say uh, just enough. I thought that was great. 
Yeah. I really like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just right. I'd say that too. You know, I don't think we did last episode, but last episode, I want to know about the freeze frame. What you thought about the freeze frame at the end of the episode? The freeze frame, because they do the same thing with the man in the gas mask, right? Do they do yeah. freeze frame on him? Um, I didn't remember them doing the freeze frame on that moment, but everyone on the internet said they did. So I'm assuming they did. That was awesome, though. But that was awesome. That was right? awesome. No, I thought the freeze frame was too gratuitous just because I thought the whole thing was too gratuitous. Yeah. And it was like, and just to, to make it, it's like, we just watched that for six or eight minutes. Like, we understand that a bunch of people just got killed. Like, wait, I don't need the freeze, freeze frame, frame to, like, really let that sink in. And, and yeah, and from that angle, too, it didn't really reveal much right. more of the shootout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lay that camera on the ground. Okay, well, speaking of shootout, our first uh, iTunes review is titled Shootout in all caps. And it is from someone who goes by the handle Ginger666. They know you. Potentially, yeah. Um, and the review reads, The North Hollywood shootout was very similar. This is a stylized show, a very stylized show. It takes from old film noir, the dialogue, the way the characters deliver lines, etc. It is not a realistic view. It is, quote unquote, L.A. The show knows that. It reminds me of pulp detective stories. That's the review. I don't. They gave us two stars. It seems like, like you said, like maybe this was supposed to be an email. Maybe they're trying to email me. I think you should look for your email in the next few days for a review to come come yeah. through for a two star review. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the criticism of the show is outside of, um, maybe because we were ragging on the dialogue and the acting, and that's why they say something about. You know, the dialogue, the way the characters deliver lines, etc., is from old film noir, which I mean, you know, I understand the highly stylized dialogue and acting like the thing that comes to mind for me is brick, right? Brick, highly stylized dialogue, highly stylized acting. It's set in a high school like none of that should work. And yet it's great. It works perfectly for me, for us does not work in this show so far. I would throw out L.A. Confidential for yeah. me. Like, mm-hmm. stylized film noir tropes works brilliantly. Yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. But I'm not talking about the stylized dialogue. Like I said, I'm comparing almost every episode to Deadwood, mm-hmm. which, talk about stylized, like, that is the epitome of stylized dialogue. Yeah, exactly. And it rings like a bell right because people know how to deliver it and because it's written brilliantly yeah but true detective is written exactly like like somebody read some pulp novels Mm -hmm. and was like and is trying to be edgy it's like you know i i wouldn't be surprised if pizzolato on his phone has a few auto dial numbers just mm-hmm. keyed in and one of them is Seth MacFarlane like their uh-huh. best buds because he seems like the darker Seth MacFarlane uh-huh. you know it's just like yeah I'm edgy I like to be edgy I like right. to write about blue balls in the heart <laughs> and he had some other like humdingers in this episode where I was like man no, no delivery 
Yeah. Could make that sing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, you know, I'm not really sure what to make of that review. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, basically the, the correction would be like the show. Yeah. And I don't like the show. So yeah. Sorry. And we don't like the show and that's, you know, that's fine. Like we talked about, uh, we just talked a little bit about in the, uh, other podcast we record, everything is interesting. We're just kind of doing this because this, these are conversations we would have anyways. And for me personally, you know, a lot of the true detective podcasts out there are, this is a network we're trying to grow. So we're doing a true detective podcast to get more listeners so we can sell more ads to blah, 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 which is fine. That's great. Or for recaps. Recaps. You know, I, that's fine. But that's not what I'm interested in listening to. I'm more interested in discussion listening on the episode. To your own voice. Right. And I, and I also don't want to feel like compelled to like the show just because we're doing a podcast on it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you could possibly be if you're making your livelihood off of it. Not saying that that's what those podcasts do. Just saying. Um, so yeah, if you love the show, this good. is probably not the podcast for you. Yeah, and good. I'm glad yes. you love the show, but this is probably not the podcast for you. Okay, our second review from uh, Good Bad Cat is a five-star review. Uh, it says, I look forward to this cast each week when we turn on TD and start hate watching the show. The smart commentary will get us through the pain. And I just I like to say I'm glad we can help. Right. Yeah. Um, I wish I had something to help with the pain of watching the show. Do you have me? <laughs> and sure. I have you. Sure. Although I did reference. I think we're both going to die because of this. Right. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, thanks to, uh, both of those people who left those reviews. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take any review. So will I. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's constructive. Yeah. Well, I, you know, something to think about. Yeah. I would love to, j- just like I was saying earlier, like, I don't believe I was hate watching this early on. I thought it was kind of a train wreck, but, mm-hmm. but it, it is an interesting train wreck. Yeah. If you think this is a train wreck of a podcast, leave a one star review. Sure. I'll read that. Yeah. That'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And at this point, it's not hate watching for me just because like nothing is happening. Right. Which is another reason why this is so why this episode is short is just because nothing has really. Now, hopefully there's only three episodes left and it feels like it's been building up to a lot. Right. And so hopefully something happens in the next episode. And hopefully something happens in the last two, of course. I, th- I think we've transcended hate watching into a new realm of apathy watching. <laughs> sure. I think we're apathy watching the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Until uh, until then, you can find uh, any information about the things we talked about in the show notes. You can go to the website eipodcast.com where you can find our main podcast, Everything is Interesting, um, and the, and this podcast is also there at eipodcast.com slash true detective. So you can leave comments. You can email me, uh, my email address is in the show notes or it's on the website. You can leave a review if you feel so compelled. 
but you know, we're not doing it for reviews or for anything like that. So it's not really, yet. It's not a big deal if you don't, as evidenced by the fact that we only have two reviews, five episodes in. Right. I think I think my limit right now is is a hundred reviews to sell out. Sure. Like, a hundred reviews, then I'm going to start looking for corporate sponsorship. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you can visit any of those uh, any of those links to get some more information and. We will uh, watch episode six with bated breath, and then we will see you next week. Bye.